This happened two days ago. I live in a small city in Romania, around 30,000 inhabitants. Romania isn't exactly known for their tolerance of gay people. It's not as bad as other places, such as Russia. But the situation is definitely not rosy here either. I get on Grinder and meet a guy. 18 years old, apparently. The guy didn't have a picture of his face as his PFP because it's too dangerous. He had a picture of a rose drawing. Most guys on Grinder here don't have pictures of themselves. We talk for a bit, and I really like the guy. And then we finally accept to exchange face pictures. I send him a selfie of myself, and he sends me a picture of a guy from our city. He was cute, and I really, really liked him. So I told him, hey, I saw you around the city. Didn't know you were gay too. We talked and finally arranged to meet. I had some errands to run at the tailor shop. My cousin's bachelorette party is coming next week, and I had to adjust my favorite shirt. So I asked him to meet me in front of the tailor shop. The building in which the tailor shop is located has four stories. The ground floor is a clothes shop, which my aunt works at. The first floor is a storage room. The third floor is a barber salon. And the fourth floor was the tailor shop. I go to the tailor shop and then go to the clothes shop on the ground floor to visit my aunt and see how she's doing. As I was looking out the window of the clothes shop, I noticed there were five men, all of them in their late 20s, behind the building. None of them was the guy I got a picture of, and none of them even looked remotely close to what the guy looked like. I text the guy I was supposed to meet and ask him if he made it to the tailor shop. As soon as I send the message, one of the five guys' phones lit up, and he starts texting. As soon as he stopped texting, I got a notification from Grinder. I'm behind the tailor shop. I went there to smoke so no one would see me. Come smoke with me. I was terrified as I realized I wasn't going to meet the guy in the picture. He tries to get me to go behind the tailor shop, and I try to get him to go to the side of it. There were no windows to the side of the building, so after a few tries, he agrees to meet me at the side of the tailor shop. All five guys went to the side of the tailor shop. I peeked my head from the door, looked left and right, and as soon as I saw my way was clear, I ran for it. Grinder cutie, let's not meet. This story happened to me a couple years ago. It happened on a Saturday night. I was typing out a school report for my English class and was pretty worn out from the tedious amount of thinking that transpired throughout the paper. I decided to take a break and procrastinate a little bit, maybe watch a couple of YouTube videos. I needed to take some stress off my mind, but didn't really have anyone to vent or talk to. This gave me the idea to visit a chat room called Omegle. For those of you who don't know what Omegle is, it's a chat room where you can literally video chat with random strangers online through your computer webcam. 
Needless to say, Omegle definitely helped with my social skills growing up as a child, so I was always active on it. I remember this one particular night. I was having trouble meeting new people. This left me a little frustrated to say the least, but that's the kind of thing to expect when you're on these kind of chat sites. That's when I stumbled upon this one guy. He looked to be around the same age group as myself and seemed like a pretty harmless individual. I decided to say hi. He didn't say anything back, he just typed the word hi in the chat box. I found it kind of weird that he would go through the effort of typing out hi as opposed to just saying hi verbally. He then waved at me and began typing something else. He introduced himself in the chat box saying, My name is Daniel, what's your name? I verbally said, My name is James, how are you? He then stares at the camera and doesn't say a word to me, completely dismissing the fact that I just asked him a question. At this point, I was convinced that this had to be some sort of pre-recorded video and that someone was just trolling me. That's when he began typing in the chat box again saying, I'm deaf, please type in the chat box unless you know sign language. I honestly felt stupid and immediately typed, no worries, my name is James, and gave a quick thumbs up as an act of kind gesture. He immediately typed back saying, nice to meet you James, and gave me a thumbs up as well. He then typed something else that left me dumbfounded. He said, I will use my whiteboard to chat with you going forward because my hands will be occupied. I was confused by what he meant by that, so I typed, what do you mean by your hands being occupied? He then starts writing on a whiteboard and raises it up on the screen, which read, want to play a game? I typed, sure, what game you want to play? What he did next is something I will never forget to this day. He held a revolver up with one hand and the whiteboard up with the other hand saying, let's play Russian roulette. I was honestly quite creeped out by this guy and was contemplating on clicking the stop option to skip this weirdo. That's when he wrote another message on the whiteboard saying, one of six. I was confused by what one of six meant. He then took the revolver, slipped one bullet inside the cylinder and began spinning it with his other hand. I now knew what he meant by one of six. It seemed like the guy was about to demonstrate an act of Russian roulette with one bullet in the cylinder of six. He then puts the revolver against his head. I began typing. What are you doing? Please stop this. The guy then smiles disturbingly on the camera and pulls the trigger. Nothing happened. He starts laughing hysterically like a psycho. I was honestly disturbed, but also skeptical that the gun was real. So I typed, is that even real? He then points the revolver at the wall and begins to repeatedly press the trigger until the shot was fired. I was completely blown away by what I was seeing and typed, Dude, you could have died! That's when the guy raised the whiteboard to the screen again, showing the message, 5 of 6. I frantically started typing, Don't do it! repeatedly in the chat box, desperately trying to get his attention. He then began loading the revolver with five bullets while I gesture no by waving my hands back and forth like a lunatic. I knew the odds of him surviving this time were slim to none. He then raises the revolver against his head once again and begins to disturbingly smile with tears running down his face. He began mumbling the words, It was nice meeting you, James. I immediately slam my laptop shut as I hear a gunshot a split second before the laptop was fully closed. I was left baffled on my computer desk. I hadn't a clue what to do. I stupidly opened my laptop up with my eyes closed. I pressed my hand against the screen where the video chat was located. I opened my eyes 
and through the cracks of my fingers, I can see blood displayed everywhere on a screen. I immediately click the exit button on the Google Chrome tab and call it a night. To this day, I'm still skeptical about what I saw that night. I haven't reported anything to the police, nor have I reported anything to Omegle. I'm not sure if that was the wisest decision, but I hope I never encounter anyone like that again. It was New Year's Day in 1995. I was in the middle of my junior year at my college and a bunch of my friends had come down to visit me and my roommate for the festivities. We were all pretty hungover from drinking the night before and we went out for the usual post-greasy breakfast hangover stroll around the neighborhood. Two of these friends were twin brothers. One of them we hung out with all the time. The other we just met for the first time. It was pretty normal the night before, you know, joining in on the fun, but on this day, we were all hanging out around the local basketball court, shooting hoops with an old basketball we found in the grass. And this twin brother kept following me around all over the place with the creepiest grin I've ever seen in my life. Staring right into the neither regions of my soul the whole time. So I'd back away and then I'd join the group again and he kept following me around. When we were walking back to the apartment, it was just me and him walking down the sidewalk behind the group, and he moved in front of me. He stared at me with that creepy look again and fell down to his knees as if he was to worship me or something. I didn't know what to do or say, so I said, hey buddy, you all right? We're heading back now, right? And so on. He wouldn't say anything. He'd just be there on his knees looking up at me with this clenched face and squinted eyes as if we were looking directly into the sun or something. Later that day, my roommate said he was tripping, so I thought nothing of it and moved on with my life. A few weeks later, we got a phone call from the twin brother that we usually hung out with, and it turned out that his other twin brother went over to his aunt's house with a knife and stabbed him 14 times. She didn't die, but you know, still pretty bad. He had even called the police before going because he knew he was going to do it, but he couldn't stop himself from doing it because, you know, the voices and so on. The court case was covered in the media as this was a small community where this sort of thing doesn't happen every day. I was reading one of the articles and one of the testimonies was that this twin brother was severely schizophrenic and was hearing voices in his head. He believed to his very bones that his aunt was the devil and that he had been commanded by God to go kill her. So who was this God that told him to go kill her? Well, as the newspaper article described, it was this guy in the group he hung out with on New Year's Day. It didn't take me long to realize that he was talking about me. This was over 20 years ago. I know for a fact that it was a mental illness, but just knowing that I somehow commanded him to go kill his aunt just stays with me to this day.
This happened to me about a year ago. I used to be a janitor for a cleaning agency. I would basically take contract jobs to clean in various locations. One day, my cleaning agency gave me a cleaning contract at a psychiatric ward, also known as an asylum. To be honest, I was a bit hesitant to take the job just because of the superstition of asylums being haunted, but I took it anyway because the pay was decent. Later that day, I arrive there. I see a huge old looking building. To be honest, I was quite creeped out since the asylum was secluded in the middle of nowhere. When I arrive inside, I notice people giving me an uninviting stare. I'm not just talking about the patients, I'm also talking about the employees as well. To be honest, I kept it professional and began to do my job. I remember mopping the hallway and seeing some really bizarre things. I saw some creepy looking patients that had a disturbing look to them. I don't know, they just looked like the kind of people you would see in one of those exorcist movies. I remember seeing this one guy that really gave me the chills. It was a man who looked to be about seven feet tall. He gave me this really disturbing smile like he wanted to kill me. I can see a nurse instructing him to lay on his bed. He didn't look too happy after that. I also remember seeing a swimming class taking place. Well, not exactly a swimming class, just a bunch of patients in a swimming pool. They were all holding an exercise ball and mimicking the actions of the instructor. I personally found it unsettling, to say the least. When it was around the end of my shift, I was getting ready to head home. I noticed all the patients' doors were closed, except for one room. I could see someone laying on the floor with their legs halfway across the door. It was a bit alarming for one to be laying on the floor like that. I then saw the person getting yanked into the room. That honestly startled the crap out of me. I then noticed a puddle of blood spilling out from the room and onto the hallway. I decided to approach the room and see what the hell was going on. As I peeked inside the room, I saw one of the most disturbing things ever. It was the tall man I saw earlier. He was biting the hell out of one of the nurse's neck. You can see the nurse's eyes gouged out with blood pouring everywhere. I carefully made sure to not scream or make a sound. I got the hell out of there and immediately started driving off. I even called the cops while driving. To this day, I'm still traumatized by what I saw that night. I'm not sure exactly what happened to the tall man, but he still gives me the chills just thinking about him. This is a story about a girl in my high school. I go to high school just like any normal person would, but I was having a little trouble with my grades. So I started staying after school to do a little extra work to bring my grades up. But I've noticed in school that there has been this quiet girl that attended tutoring alone with eight other people. The thing is, I would always see her staring at me, never taking her eyes off of me. I really didn't mind it, but 
it felt really creepy. This kept going on for about two weeks. At this point, I was feeling very uncomfortable. One day when school ended and tutoring started, I sit as far away as possible from her. We go home at around 6 p.m. And this day I got on the bus like usual. There was only one bus because there aren't so many people. And as usual, I would sit as far away as possible from her. But that day, when I got off my bus stop, she got off too. This was weird as she always got off at a different bus stop, but I really didn't pay any attention to it. I thought maybe she changed her bus stop or something, I don't know. I really didn't think about it. It was getting dark and it was about a one mile walk from my bus stop to my home. But I noticed that the girl has been following me for about two minutes and I didn't know why. This of course bothered me, but there wasn't really much I could do. I just ignored her, minding my own business and I kept walking. Two minutes later, I noticed that she kept following me. I started to get the feeling that maybe she was lost or something. It was dark and then she started talking to herself. She was acting really weird and I just wanted to ignore it, but she kept whispering to herself. I could hear mumbling. The sound was getting closer and closer, so I picked up the pace. When I picked up the pace, she also did too. She then let out a scream that was so damn loud that it almost made me pee my pants. I started sprinting. She went chasing after me. I was getting scared, so I ran around the neighborhood. I didn't want her to go to my house because she would know where I live. Around the corner, I saw a bush large enough for me to hide in. Then she stopped as she thought that she lost me. When she stopped, she took a deep breath and she ran away. I stayed there for about five more minutes just to make sure. I was thinking to myself that this girl was insane and had some mental problems. After this horrifying experience, I didn't go to after school tutoring again. This happened to me on a trip to Lyon, France. I was travelling solo from the States and had booked a stay with this old couple in their house. I say old, they must have been in their mid-sixties. It was a new listing and only had a couple of reviews, but they were both really positive. From the photos, I could tell that this place wasn't exactly a five-star joint. But for the price, it was a steal, and in a great location to boot. That first night when I arrived, the older couple actually made dinner for me. It was a nice touch, and who was I to refuse? Their English was decent, so we chatted and shared a few stories, and afterwards I went to explore the city and get a few drinks. I must have returned around 10pm, and my hosts were nowhere to be seen. In bed asleep, I figured. The pair had told me at dinner to help myself to a little wine, which is precisely what I did when I got in. Nice folks. Afterwards, I went up to my bedroom to settle down myself. Now, I usually have trouble sleeping, but that night, I fell asleep with surprising ease. All the traveling that day had worn me out, and that little bit of wine probably helped too, I guess. I'm not sure what time it was, but I awoke in the night to a flash of lightning. You know when your eyes are closed, but you can still tell there was a flash of bright light. Well, it was just like that. 
I remain curled up in bed with my eyes still shut, waiting for the crash of thunder to come with it. I counted the passing seconds in my head. My mum always used to tell me that however many seconds there were between the lightning and thunder, that was how many miles away it had struck. So I'm there, counting away in my head. Five seconds, ten seconds, twenty, thirty. Huh, that's odd, I thought. No thunder. It was then, through closed eyelids, that I sensed another lightning flash. Again, I waited for the thunder, but it never came. I sat up in bed and opened my eyes, just to see if my sleep-hazed mind was playing tricks on me. It hadn't been. Inside my bedroom were my two hosts. Initially, I didn't realize just how bizarre this situation was. I was still in that confused, just out of sleep state. Even still, I knew there was something off about their expressions. As my eyes adjusted, I could tell what was wrong. They were both wearing masks. Latex masks of old human faces with exaggerated features. The flashes had been from the camera the woman was holding. They had been taking pictures of me whilst I slept. The husband was nearer to the bed than the wife though, and he was in mid-step, moving closer. She was further back by the door. It was as if he wanted to be in the pictures. With me now awake, they both froze like a pair of mannequins. What do you want? At the time, I couldn't think of anything else to say. The adrenaline hadn't kicked in yet. I was more confused than freaked out. You're dreaming, said the male, his voice muffled behind the latex mask. Then, backing up towards the door. Good night. It wasn't until I noticed the metal wrench in the old man's hand that the situation fully dawned on me. I quickly gathered my shit and made for the front door, glancing around like crazy in case the old fucks tried to ambush me with the wrench from around a corner. Needless to say, I contacted the police immediately, though nothing ever came of it. My evidence was all anecdotal. The old geezers had been smart enough to delete all of the pictures. My complaints to Airbnb were largely ignored too, though the old couple did remove their listing from the site. I don't know what all of that was about. Some cult-like shit? A messed up fetish? Some fucking potential snuff pictures they were making? The old man was definitely in the shots, and it was clear that he was trying to step towards me quietly. Wrench in hand. Whatever the case, I'll never complain about being a light sleeper again. I still check Airbnb regularly, just to make sure they don't use it to lure anyone else in. It was the beginning of summer. 
I decided to go to my local amusement park. My town opens the amusement park only during the summertime. I would usually spend, you know, most of my summers indoors, watching YouTube, playing video games, basically living with my introverted tendencies. I was never the type to be outgoing, but decided to make friends at the fair this year, or at least attempt to. It was around the evening time, and I remember taking the bus alone. I finally arrived and remember seeing how high the rides were. Every time I look at a roller coaster or Ferris wheel, I always think of the movie Final Destination, where the freak accidents occur. I'm personally afraid of heights, so I would always avoid going on the tall rides. As the night went on, I played a few carnival games, but would always come out empty-handed. Maybe I just sucked at the monotonous fair games and was better off playing video games at home. At least it's something I'm better at, but decided to test my luck. After all the unsuccessful attempts at winning my prizes, there was one game that caught my attention. It was an old, dusty-looking machine, isolated at the end of the park. It looked like one of those fortune-teller machines that you would see in the arcades. The game didn't draw much attention from the people at the fair, so I decided to check it out myself. It was called Psychic Clown. It had a creepy-looking clown inside. You know, sort of looked a bit too real for my liking, honestly. I also noticed the game cost $1 per try, so I put whatever spare change I had into the slot. I then pressed the go button, and the clown began talking. It said, Ask me a yes or no question to uncover the truth, and then press the go button. So, I asked the clown, Will I get a girlfriend by the end of the year? I hit the go button and the clown began moving. It started disturbingly laughing and then eventually said the word, no. I thought to myself, this can't be accurate. It's just a fair game. But the sad reality was that the clown was probably right. I decided to ask the clown more personal questions this time. I dropped more change in the slot and asked him, are my parents divorced? My parents have been divorced for 10 years now. I pressed go, and the clown began doing its disturbing laugh again, eventually saying the word, yes. At this point, I was really creeped out and contemplated if it was just a fluke or if this psychic clown game was for real. I reached for more change and realized that I only had $2 left, which was supposed to be my bus fare. I planned on calling my mom to come pick me up, so I decided to use my last two dollars on the psychic clown now. I put the first dollar in, was ready to ask it a question, but the game didn't work this time. I gave it a few light taps and the clown began to laugh again. But this time, it seemed like the clown was malfunctioning. It began laughing uncontrollably and started jerking its body back and forth just vigorously. The movements were so vigorous to the point where the clown started banging its head on the glass, causing it to crack. This caused me to have a fight or flight reaction while others laughed at me. I found the whole ordeal pretty disturbing to say the least. 
I assume it was some sort of glitch, so I decided to use my last dollar on one more question. The last question I asked to the clown is, will my mom pick me up from the fair tonight? Again, the clown begins to do its creepy laugh. Then it says the word, no. The next part of this story is what sends chills down my spine. My mom calls me right after the clown says, no. I pick up the phone and my mom asks me if I'm on my way home. I ask her if she can pick me up and she says, yes, I will. The car abruptly cuts off. I figure my phone had poor signal, so I didn't bother calling her back. I assumed that she was on her way to pick me up. At this point, I realized that the clown's revelation was wrong. My mom was on her way to pick me up. I head to the exit of the fair to wait for my mom to arrive. A few minutes then turned to an hour. I dialed my mom's number again, and I tried calling her back, but the call went straight to voicemail. I repeat this 10 more times as I leave her a text message saying, where are you? But I didn't get a response. I then called my stepdad. He answered the phone and asked if I'm headed home. I tell him I've been trying to get a hold of my mom for the past two hours. I can hear sheer panic in my stepdad's voice as he tells me he will get my cousin to come pick me up instead. An hour later, my cousin finally arrives to pick me up. He had a look of distraught in his face like he had just been through hell. I ask him if he knows where my mom is and why my stepdad didn't come for the ride. What he said next turned my stomach into a million knots. He tells me that he dropped my stepdad off at the hospital because my mom got into a car crash. I panicked and told my cousin to immediately drive to the hospital. Upon arrival, I find out from the doctors that my mom was pronounced dead from her injuries. It's been a year since my mom's passing and I always contemplate whether I was the reason for her death. Calling and texting her while she was driving. My other theory is it might have had something to do with that psychic clown. A part of me thinks that the psychic clown played a part in my mom's death, but I will never know for sure. This story is told in a female perspective. It happened to me when I was around 15 years old. I would always love going to this arcade that was located close to my house. The arcade was always open till late, so it was usually packed to full capacity. My parents didn't mind if I went by myself, as long as I made it back before my curfew was over. Every time I was at this arcade, I would always play with the Pac-Man machine. I don't know why, it's just I had a knack for Pac-Man and it was my favorite game to play. Later that night, I remember seeing these two guys play the game Dance Dance Revolution. I always enjoyed watching others play it as it was quite mesmerizing to say the least. That's when a random guy approached me from out of the blue and asked if I'd be interested in playing air hockey with him. I personally didn't see any harm in it so I said, sure. He introduces himself as Ben and I introduce myself as well. We end up playing a few rounds and even chatted for a bit. Ben was even generous enough to buy me a drink. I eventually noticed it was getting pretty late and realized it was probably close to my curfew. I checked my pockets and noticed my phone was missing. 
I didn't know if I forgot it at home or something, so I tell Ben that it was time for me to go. He then tells me that he needs to use the restroom, and politely asks if I could keep an eye on his cell phone, which was charging on the wall along with his belongings. I said sure, and he proceeds to head to the restroom. I decided to call my cell phone using Ben's phone, just in case I accidentally dropped it somewhere in the arcade. I noticed he didn't have a pass lock on it, so it was pretty easy to use. I dial my number, and surprisingly hear a cell phone ringing inside Ben's backpack. It sounded exactly like my ringtone. My phone must have been in his bag. I decide to open the bag, only to find my phone inside it. I grab my phone and quickly place the backpack back on the table, just in case Ben came back. I felt really uncomfortable knowing he had attempted to steal my phone, considering the fact that he came off as this really nice guy. I noticed he was still in the restroom, so I randomly scanned through Ben's phone. He didn't have any social media apps, which led me to believe he wasn't much of a social guy. I nosily decided to look through Ben's photos while occasionally looking up to see if he had come back from the restroom. What I saw in the photos made me want to throw up. It was photos of myself ranging from inside and outside the arcade. The photos ranged from a couple months ago till now. As I was swiping more and more and more, I realized that this guy had been secretly stalking and taking photos of me. One photo that really sent chills down my spine was a candid style photo of myself playing the Pac-Man machine with Ben standing right behind me. He must have had someone take the photo of us. I quickly delete all the photos of his phone. That's when someone named Greg texted Ben's phone saying, Yo Ben, is she still with you? I'm outside with the van. That's when I look up and see Ben staring at me with a creepy ass smile. It was a smile that looked so exaggerated, I couldn't tell if he was faking it or being for real. I told him that I was just checking the time because I'd forgotten my cell phone at home. He then says, Wanna come over to my place? I honestly could have made a scene, but I took the high road and said, Sure, but I need to use the restroom first. He then says, Sure, let me walk you there. Ben walks me to the restroom, and I immediately took the opportunity to call my dad to come pick me up. I can see Ben glimpsing through the door every time someone exited the restroom like a creep. That's when I decided to tell two older girls I saw about my situation. They kindly escort me outside, only to find Ben no longer there. I then get a call from my dad telling me to come outside and that he has arrived. I quickly rush into his car and act like nothing ever happened. To this day, I'm still traumatized from the encounter I had with Ben that night. I lay on my bed from time to time pondering what sick plan he was orchestrating that night. All I know is that I don't plan on going back to that arcade anytime soon. So about three weeks ago, I started having these strange dreams, often involving little things happening in a different order than usual. It started off pretty normal. My school bus came down my street from an abnormal direction. For some reason, this stuck with me. The dreams were kind of, you know, like an anthology. The second dream followed the next night. The dream started the same, but this time, I got on the bus. People's faces were just blurry. 
and an odd middle-aged man sat behind me, which is off seeing as how it's a school bus. The man whispered to me, but I didn't understand what he said. The next night, I had the same dream, but a few minor differences. This time I understood what he said. Remember, don't ask questions. I really didn't understand what he meant by that. The next day I sat in class. I kind of fell asleep during the lecture in my psychology class. The dream continued where it left off. The strange man stood up and the bus flipped. Before I woke up, he kept repeating a name. I didn't understand it. When I woke up, my mom was calling me and I stepped outside of the classroom. So I had to answer. My mother informed me that my estranged father had passed. She sent me a link of the obituary. There was a picture of the strange man. Was it some kind of intuition? Or my mind playing tricks on me? After that, the dream stopped. I still haven't figured out what the last thing he said was. I guess I'll never know. This story is told from a female perspective. It happened to me a couple of months ago. I was on a dating app called Tinder. I matched with this one guy that I found attractive. He had a clean shaven head and was more appealing compared to the other guys on the app. His profile said he was the same age as me, 25. The bio in his profile was intriguing. It read, I am the most versatile person you will ever meet. I compare myself to a chameleon because I like to be different and spontaneous, randomly. You should join me. This made me compelled to chat with him. He then sends me a direct message saying, Hi, I'm Dennis. I sent him a message back introducing myself and asked him what brings him on Tinder. He responds by saying, When I have dinner at my place tonight, ignoring the fact that I just asked him a question. Without hesitation, I message, Sure. I usually wouldn't be so forward with someone I just met online, but something seemed compelling about this guy. He then sent me his address and mentioned that he'll be inviting a few friends. I messaged him back saying, okay, and waited till then. Later that night, I drove to his address and arrived at his front door. As soon as I'm about to knock on the front door, it opens with Dennis staring dead at me. He had a blank expression on his face and didn't say a word. I found this very, very bizarre and creepy. About 10 seconds later, he says hi, then leans over to give me a hug. He tells me to come inside and I stupidly go inside. As we arrive inside, I sit on the couch and Dennis immediately asks me if I want anything to drink. I tell him water, please. He then tells me that Patricia only drinks tea. I was confused by who he was referring to. I asked him who Patricia was. He then tells me that she is one of his friends that he invited over. I tell him, okay. Then he proceeds to get me some tea in his kitchen. A couple of minutes pass and the most bizarre thing happens. Dennis comes out of the kitchen with two cups of tea, dressed as an adolescent child. He wore a yellow hoodie and blue track pants. The clothes honestly look like it belonged to a teenage boy. He places the two cups of tea on the table and reintroduces himself again, saying his name is Hedwig in the creepy child's voice. I found this really disturbing and assumed that this was some sort of sick joke. I awkwardly put on a fake smile and go along with the alleged joke. At this point, he tells me, drink the tea. Again, in a disturbing child's voice. 
I really didn't want to and knew I had to get the hell out of there. So I cleverly say, uh, don't we have to wait for your friend, Patricia? He got angry and said that if I don't drink it, he will release the beast. He honestly sounded like the type of child that throws tantrums when their parents don't buy them things that they want. I was trembling in fear and didn't know if he was armed or had a knife on him, so I drank it. The room suddenly started becoming blurry, and I eventually started fading, then blacked out. I assume it was from whatever he put in the tea. I then remember waking up on the floor and seeing a woman standing in front of me. The woman was wearing burgundy. It was, looks like a burgundy long-sleeved shirt, black skirt, and some heels. I eventually get up from the floor and rub my eyes to see that the woman was Dennis, dressed as a female. I remember thinking to myself, this guy is a psycho. He then said, I'm Patricia. Would you like to have a tea party with me? In a female-like voice. I thought to myself, this guy is so fucked up. I acted fast and told him, I'll be interested in a tea party only if you invited Hedwig back, which was the teenage boy he imitated earlier. Surprisingly, he obliged and walked back into the kitchen to supposedly get Hedwig. I immediately used this opportunity to haul ass out of there and drive home. It's been a month since the incident occurred. I haven't taken effort to report it to the police. I don't know if that was the smartest decision, but as I tell you this story, it still resonates with me until this day. This is the most terrifying thing that has ever happened to me. I want to share my story with the world, now that I have closure. It all started a couple years ago when I was living with my girlfriend, who we'll call Sarah for the sake of the story. I remember we were both in the living room watching a movie. We usually did movie nights on Fridays, and it was my turn to select which movie we get to watch. I was personally a horror fanatic, so I chose a horror film. It was pretty late in the night when this occurred, so it really made the movie that much more intense. Sarah wasn't really into the horror genre, so you can imagine the kind of reaction she had throughout the movie. Midway into the movie, Sarah asks if I could walk her to the bedroom. I reply by saying, sure, after the movie's done. You know I don't like horror. Please just walk me to the bedroom. I'm scared, Trevor. We can leave when the movie's done. I sat through your whole movie last week, so it's only fair that you finish mine. Please don't do this to me. I'm really scared, Trevor. Quit being a chicken. I'm not leaving the couch till this movie's done. I hate you! Sarah angrily gets up and heads to the bedroom on her own while I continue watching the movie and mentally prepare myself for the argument that awaited me. About ten minutes later, my throat begins to itch, so I decide to get a bottle of water in the kitchen. As I stood up from the couch, I get startled as I see Sarah standing in the darkness of the hallway. Sarah, you scared me! I, I thought you were in bed sleeping! Sarah just stands there with her eyes wide open, gazing into my eyes with her emotionless expression, almost like she was looking into the depths of my soul. I assume she was still upset about earlier, so I said, I'll be waiting in bed as I casually walk past her. 
As I open the bedroom door, I see Sarah laying in bed asleep. My mind raced with mixed emotions of confusion and absolute horror. I could have sworn I just saw her. I decide to peek outside the hallway, only to see nothing. This can't be real. I could have sworn I just saw her. I, I must be hallucinating. I just, I just need to stop watching scary movies this late at night. I disregard what had just occurred and crawled into bed with Sarah. At 3 a.m. in the morning, I wake up to a loud sound which sounded like glass being shattered. I noticed Sarah was no longer in bed with me, which I found quite bizarre as it was very uncharacteristic for her to be awake at this time of night. I could hear weird noises coming from the washroom outside the bedroom. I cautiously get up and began to approach the washroom. I could hear Sarah in there. It sounded like she was talking to someone, or something. I opened the door, only to discover the most terrifying thing I had ever laid eyes on. I can see Sarah standing in the bathtub covered in blood. She had smashed the mirror and used the broken shards to lacerate her body entirely. She then began yelling the words, I hate you! I hate you! I hate you! Her voice was demonic. I was thoroughly convinced that this was not my girlfriend and that she had been possessed by some sort of evil entity. I stood there quivering, not being able to move a muscle out of shell shock. Sarah then pulls the shower curtain, unveiling a message on the wall which spelled, I hate you, written in blood. My legs go completely numb as I collapse to the floor. Sarah then picks up a large piece of the broken mirror and yells one last time in her demonic voice, I HATE YOU! She then pierces the shard across my chest repeatedly, stabbing and stabbing and stabbing. I remember seeing a bright white light as my life flashed before me. That's when I open my eyes and wake up to a movie playing in the living room. This isn't the horror movie I played earlier. It must have been a movie Sarah put on. I checked the time and it was exactly 3 a.m. I looked to my right only to see Sarah staring dead at me with a grimacing look. What's wrong, Sarah? This is the third time you fell asleep to the movie that I picked on movie night. I hate you! Sarah? Sarah? like it was yesterday. My brother and I were home alone for the night while our parents went out with their friends. He's 17 and I'm 13. My brother left soon after my parents, even though he was supposed to stay home. Recently, a new neighbor just moved in next door, some old guy. I saw him speaking with our parents the first day at his house. Anyway, we live in Florida and it was the winter time, so it wasn't too cold. I say this because we have a pool in our backyard that's heated and I love swimming. At around 10.30 p.m. I decided to go swimming. I called my friend to let him know. So he said he'll come over. He only lives about a street away. I start to swim some laps and as I come up for some air, 
I saw the old man from next door standing on the outside of our fence leaning against the gate with the creepiest smile on his face. I lost all form in my swimming strokes and completely stopped. I played it cool and I said hi. He didn't even say hi, he went straight to, I noticed that your parents aren't home. I told him that my older brother is and he then said, nah, he's not. I didn't see him when I was watching you through your bedroom window. I didn't say anything, I was just shocked. He opened up the gate and started to speed walk toward me. I began to back up in order to climb out of the pool while yelling help. He was getting closer then he stopped and looked behind me. My friend was on the other side of the fence running toward us and also on the phone with the cops. My neighbor ran into his house. The cops came but the old man denied everything. He didn't know that my friend recorded him before he called the cops. He was arrested and eventually moved away. I don't know what his plan was, but I'm glad my friend showed up. Obviously, my parents were pissed at my brother for leaving when he was supposed to stay at home to watch me. But they were happy I was okay. To this day, I haven't seen that guy since. This happened to me when I was working at McDonald's. My boss assigned a schedule amongst our staff. I was unfortunately scheduled for the night shift on Fridays. I didn't usually mind as we didn't get a whole lot of business around this time of night. My boss was pretty laid back and didn't mind if I went on my phone during business hours, so long as I got all my work done. I remember dozing off repeatedly due to the fact that I wasn't fully acclimated with the night shift hours. Psst. That's when I heard someone making a sound, the kind of sound you make when you try to draw someone's attention. I notice a customer trying to make an order outside, so I quickly greet them with my usual, Hi, welcome to McDonald's, may I take your order? I then heard a man say, One Whopper, please? Yes, I would like one Whopper, please? I couldn't tell if he was being a smartass or not, so I ended up saying, This isn't Burger King, sir, we don't serve that here. I heard him chuckling profusely after I said that. I quickly checked the security camera, only to see a clown. The clown was standing in front of the drive through menu without a car. It's not Halloween, why the hell is this guy dressed up like that? I really didn't want to serve this guy, so I decided to use our company policy as a plausible excuse for him to exit the premises. Hi, sir. Unfortunately, you need to be in a vehicle in order to purchase something here. If you don't have a Whopper, I'll take a Baconator instead. <laughs> I now could tell this guy was some random psycho harassing me. I instinctively yelled, Get the hell out of here before I call the cops! I cautiously stick my head out the window, only to see the clown no longer there. A couple hours later, near the end of my shift, I notify my boss and fellow employees regarding the situation. They all dismiss my accusations by saying ignorant things like, Did you get his autograph? Or, It was probably some guy that thought it was Halloween. I annoyingly pretend to be amused and head home. The following Friday, it was my time to work the night shift again. I really, really dreaded working this shift, especially after what transpired that day. I tried to convince myself that it would be highly unlikely that I encounter that clown again. As time went on, 
I remember dozing off as I get startled by another pss sound. I urgently check the security camera, but don't see anyone present. At this point, I genuinely thought I was hearing things due to my subconscious mind thinking about the clown. My paranoia must have been at the peak of its height. That's when I turn my head towards the drive through window, only to see the clown staring dead at me. <laughs> if you don't make me a Big Mac, I will kill you. Trevor. <laughs> my heart sank to my stomach. The clown knew my name. I immediately grabbed my cell phone to call the cops, but my hands were trembling so much that I actually wasn't capable of dialing anything. The clown started banging his head on the glass while screaming my name, Trevor, repeatedly. Trevor, 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 I am not loving it! Trevor, 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 Trevor! I see blood dripping down from his head. I started shouting from the top of my lungs, Leave me alone or I will call the cops! The clown runs away as another car approaches the drive through lot. I stupidly resume work and wait for my boss to come in. Upon his arrival, I explain the entire situation to him. He then dismisses me by saying, Don't sweat it, kid. It was probably some drunk. You can go home now. As he was talking, I noticed a cut on his forehead. I could even see blood start to drip from it. No, 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 no. It, it can't be. Goodbye, Trevor. No. No! No! Ha 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 